School PR professionals spend a week or two each year networking, if they're lucky. We pour into this professional development and the conversations drive us in our work. Collaboration is one of the best parts of our job, but then we go back to our daily work and the buzz of bright conversations and innovation starts to wear off. Welcome to School PR Happy Hour. We seek to create a shared space of collaboration and an opportunity to continue those conversations long after the closing sessions of our state and national conferences. We are a community, a community of communicators that lean on each other in hard times and learn from each other regularly. This podcast is about just that, getting to know each other better and sharing our passions about furthering education one story at a time. Welcome back to School PR Happy Hour. I'm Erin McCann. If you've been one of our listeners for a while, you may have noticed a trend in our mid-February episodes. The past few years, Justin and I have tried to center our episodes near Valentine's Day on celebrating love in the school PR community. One year, Justin talked with his wife, Katie, about what it was like to be married to a school PR pro. And last year, both Justin and I talked to our daughters about what it was like to be the child of a school PR practitioner. This year, I thought you guys needed to hear that you were appreciated and loved on a more professional front. I'd like to thank Christy McGee, APR, for giving me the idea of interviewing a superintendent who genuinely understands the importance of a school PR professional in a district. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Dr. Georgian Warnock to School PR Happy Hour. Dr. Warnock is the superintendent of schools in Terrell ISD in North Texas and was recently named to the INSPRA list of superintendents to watch. Dr. Warnock, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you, Erin. I'm just delighted to be here. We are so happy to have you, and I was so excited to see your name on that list of the superintendents to watch because I'm very familiar with you and your work. Your uh, your communications person, Olivia Rice, is a very dear friend of mine, so I'm excited to get to talk to you today. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to visit with you. Why don't we start off by you sharing with our audience kind of your professional journey, so what led you into education when you decided you wanted to become a superintendent, the different districts that you've worked for, we'd love to just get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Um, I just, I don't remember ever wanting to be anything else but a teacher, except maybe an astronaut um, for a little (laughs) while. I had um, one of my teachers in fourth, well, I had her for third, fourth, and fifth grade, but she was one of the finalists for teacher in space. And so I became wow. so inspired that, uh, you know, I could be like Miss Lathlane. I could be a teacher and an astronaut, you know? That's um, and, well, and maybe that's a, another story. If, if there's time at the end, I, there's a pretty amazing story and all of that. But um, so I really always wanted to be a teacher and um, went to, to college and went on, got a master's degree and started teaching English and social studies in Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD, which is just uh, just north of Dallas, and um, had the opportunity to grow in leadership there and um, serve as an assistant principal, and then as a principal at R.L. Turner High School, which I just loved the opportunity. Uh, I never thought I wanted to be an administrator, but um after a little while, I started to feel this itch, like maybe I want to go to law school or do something in public policy or in, you know, urban literacy work. And um, I, I wasn't sure what it was. And a wise mentor told me to spend some time as an assistant principal, 
it would open up my view of a system and the schools. And I ended up falling in love with it. And so, um, and then after serving as a principal, uh, served as the associate superintendent for leading and learning in Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD, and then had the very great fortune of getting to come to Terrell ISD as the superintendent. And um, that was in January of 2020 and had like big plans. We're going to do so much great things. We're just going to, all these community gatherings, we're going to be everywhere. And then, you know, in March, the world stopped turning. And um, so it's been really um, just an incredibly interesting experience, I guess. And and I'm, I'm so curious to see what the superintendency looks like once we get past this, and we will get past it, we will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But once we move out of this period, I, I'm excited to see what that could be like. <laughs> you know, Absolutely, it's a real trial by fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's sort of this idea that, like, if you can do this work in this time, you can absolutely do this work the rest of the time. So I know that you're just going to continue. Um, a strong legacy there in Terrell. I know they're they're big fans of the work that you do. Uh-oh. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Terrell, the community, just because a lot of our listeners are kind of scattered throughout the country. And we talk a lot about North Texas since both Justin, my co-host on the show, and I are from the North Texas area. But just uh, share a little bit about the population you serve, maybe the size of your district. Sure. I think, I mean, just like every state, you know, Texas is really diverse and North Texas means a lot of different things. Um, We are actually, um, we're not urban, we're not rural, um, but we're not suburban either. We're really a town and uh, Mm -hmm. about 30 miles east of Dallas, um, about 19% of our students are rural. Um, we, we cover about 160 square miles and we serve, we're knocking on 5,000 students. So, um, so that is, we're, uh, definitely, uh, a minority majority district. Um, we have a lot of families with a lot of financial needs and, um, which is the exact place where I feel called to be in leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, we are um, have a very supportive community and a really caring community. It's been uh, amazing to see. Um, and while we're a small town, we're also really an industrial business hub for you know leaning into East Texas from the Metroplex. So we have you know lots of business and industry here that is very supportive of our schools. Um, I think one thing that's really interesting about our school district that really sets us apart is that there is a state hospital here in Terrell that, um, you know, serves, you know, people that are um, mostly indigent, but that would be harmful to themselves or others. And we run the school campus for children, uh, kindergarten through 12th grade that are you know, assigned to this uh, state hospital. So that's been a really different part of our school district that, you know, we're the only school district in Texas that has this exact situation. So that um, has been great learning for me and just the angels that work there and really make a difference with the most fragile kids from across our whole state. Um, So it's uh, 
Wow, that's, that's just something a little different. No, go ahead. That is so fascinating. I did not know that about Terrell. So is this a separate campus? Like it's not a, it's not a mixed population. It's a specific campus to serve that population. Yeah. And it's on the campus of the state hospital. So um, it's a building set there and we have our staff and um, that operates out of one of the, the hospital buildings, but um, it is, it's a, it's really interesting. And, you know, There'll be one kid from Terrell in there every now and again, but most of the students are from all over the state and even some out of state. So, um, sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like we could have a completely different conversation about that. Like I'm, I'm going to have some more questions for you offline, but I do want to kind of move on to this new award that you've just received. I believe it just came out. This episode will air in February, but we're recording in January and it was just released last week that you're on the list of the INSPRA, our national organization, superintendents to watch. And so for our listeners, if you're not familiar with this award, it is a very big deal. It's for superintendents who have less than five years of experience and who are innovative, especially in the areas of communication technology. So first of all, from me and the rest of the team at School PR Happy Hour, congratulations. This is a really big deal. Thank you. Thank you. I was shocked. I was totally surprised and just so honored. Um, so our um, school PR person, you mentioned Olivia, who is just amazing. Um, she she nominated me and I just was so incredibly surprised when I got the notification. Well, I was not actually surprised to see your name on there because you do some really, really cool things. And we will get to this in the body of the interview, but I know you have a really fun TikTok account that you use to communicate with your community. (laughs) I know when you started, like Olivia helped you create these bitmojis. You are doing some very, very cool things, which I want to talk about. Um, But let's, let's back up just a minute. So you shared that you have worked in two districts. Is that correct? Carrollton Farmers Branch and now Terrell? Yes. So you've had an opportunity to work with large and small communications teams. Can you share from a leadership perspective, as someone who's not the primary communicator for the district, what that's like as far as making effective decisions for the benefit of the district and sort of the lens and expertise that a school PR person uh, gives a district, really sort of what their value is? Oh, (laughs) big, small, it doesn't matter that expertise is invaluable, invaluable. And um, I, I really feel, um, you know, a little bit like, um, you know, the Charlie Brown series where Linus mm-hmm. and how you know, Linus has his security blanket, you know, right. I'm, I feel like uh, Olivia <laughs> is my Linus, you know, or I'm Linus, <laughs> she's the blanket, you know, like I, and I felt the same way in CFB had the, the opportunity to work with Angela Shelley Brown and she's um, wonderful. she is wonderful. And, um, and she's in Capel ISD now and doing great work there. But I, um, I both, I mean, I think just being able to message at the ready, helping you as the, the, the person who's going to be, doing the communication to think through the message, how it might be received. Um, You know, words have such power and Mm -hmm. I mean, one little, you know, turn of phrase can change an entire message. And I think the school PR person's expertise and, 
and understanding that, how it's going to be received, how it's going to come across. Um, and then just also, I mean, I think you guys are like creative ninjas. I mean, the <laughs> ideas, I, no, I'm serious. Like, you know, Olivia and I, I it's kind of dangerous, you know, I, we'll start, you know, g- get on a roll. And I mean, she's like, what if we did this? Oh, we can do that. And I mean, just mm-hmm. it infuses like this energy and creativity into everything we do. And that is like the gift of the school PR you know, professional who really has excellence. I mean, I, I think about some of the campaigns that um, I had the chance to work on with Angela or, you know, now in the work that I get to do every day with Olivia and just think about, um, I guess the phrase autographed with excellence is what I think it helps polish a district's messaging image, how we're received in the public. And right now with us, kind of being at the crosshairs of so much politically and mm-hmm. in the news, you know, I, I think that that role is more important than ever, ever. So like mm-hmm. for Valentine's day, I hope y'all are feeling all the love because um, our school PR professionals need to be appreciated. And they're always the ones, you guys are always the ones doing the appreciation Um you know, you're always the ones doing that and the ones behind the camera. And, you know, I think we need to do a better job of, of thanking you um, and realizing that um, this is an aside, but um, Olivia and I were talking about, it was like National School PR Professional Appreciation Day. And yeah, she said, you know, what am I supposed to do? Put up like a picture of me like the Snoop Dogg meme you know like I want to thank me for being me you know I I mean it's just you guys don't get that kind of recognition but you deserve it because I can think of so many things that could and would go so differently Did, did we not have that you know that person in place leading that communication work well thank you for saying that because most of us got into this work not looking for that recognition. I mean, we we are excited to be the ones championing other people, but it can become a very tiresome job because it, you do kind of always have to have a good attitude. You always have to have a positive mind frame. And in kind of what our climate has looked like the last couple of years, people are just really getting burnt out. I don't think the passion has gone anywhere. I think the people who do the work that I do still love and care for the public school children of Texas and want to tell their stories. But it's just, it's getting really hard. And I once heard a superintendent say, and I thought this was so wise, that it's vital to have a good relationship between the superintendent and the head of communications. Because of all the people that sit on the cabinet, and this is not a slight to anyone else in any role, but if all of those people the communications person is probably not trying to take your job one day or someone else's job. They're not looking to be a superintendent. They probably have risen to the point in their career, at least in school PR, that they're going to rise. So they're really there to be your partner and there's no other agenda in place. And again, that is not a slight to anybody else with different paths. But I thought that was really wise. Like we really are there to make you look good, to make the district look good, and to effectively communicate out what our audiences need to know. Absolutely. I, I totally can see that. That that was wise counsel from whoever shared that. 
<laughs> it was the superintendent I worked for a few years ago. He was a wonderful man. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about some of the fun campaigns that you got to do with Angela in Carrollton Farmers Branch and some of the crazy brain waves that you and Olivia have been on together since your time in Terrell. What do you think, let's, let's pretend for a moment and let's step aside from all of the COVID things. If we ever get back to what looks like kind of a normal time or a more normal time, what do you think are the top things that a communication person does that's, that best serves the district? Mm. Well, I think finding the stories to tell about, mm-hmm. and, and I think it, it probably differs and I'm sure there's some things that are different in every community and then some things that are this, that are the same. Sure. But I think, you know, finding the great stories to share with the community that helps shape the narrative about what public education is actually doing, not mm-hmm. what is being, you know, you know, falsely reported or some small piece twisted into a false story. Um, Mm -hmm. But if we aren't sharing our story and telling our story, someone else is going to be telling it for us. And um, I think that, you know, that is the, I mean, the foundational piece of that strategic communication is um, what's really happening in our public schools and why we all need to be supporting them and loving on the teachers and the uh, staff there so that they can be doing the best thing for the most valuable resource in our community. doesn't matter what community, but the most mm-hmm. valuable resource is our children. Um, mm-hmm. You know, followed by our, our money, which the schools also are being stewards of. And so, you know, people care about their kids and their dollars. And so how do we um, share all the things that we're doing responsibly with with their resources that they are, are giving to us and then well, how we're putting that in service of children and then sharing all the great successes about teachers and kids. I think, um, and, you know, like you were talking about burnout with COVID. I mean, I think the same burnout that teachers are seeing or, and feeling, I can totally see, you know, teachers aren't, you know, we're not meant to have to have constant intervention and gap filling and behavioral resets. I mean, that's, that's supposed to be the small part of the job, not the big part. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I can just imagine for you guys, um, and I'm so glad we're having this conversation. I'm like, oh, this is like, I need to, to pour in my gratitude with Olivia and do better (laughs) at that. But, um, yeah, you you guys weren't planning to run a two year, you know, crisis campaign. That, you know, that's not the the joy of the work. So, sure, especially with all the kind of divisiveness around things that no matter what you do, you're making half of the people upset. So, right, it does sort of feel like that, especially this last school year that you kind of can't make everyone happy. But you can keep trying and you can keep telling the positive stories because we know the positive stories are out there. And one of the things I've noticed you doing in Terrell is, uh, in my opinion, very clever, but also meeting a need. So I'm going to hearken back for our listeners to the episode that I had that came out on January 15th about teacher 
recruitment, marketing, and how there's a serious shortage of teachers and we're seeing people leave the profession in droves. And what that's looked like in our classrooms is between people being out actually with COVID and hopefully not too sick, but taking time to get better and then leaving the profession, we have the highest number of absences and a shortage of subs. So Dr. Warnock, would you like to share some of the things that you're doing in Terrell to kind of cover some of these absences? Because I think it's very, very clever. Yeah. Well, we, um, we started last year actually with um, just having everyone in our central office um, who has had some, either had some school-based experience, you know, so not our, um, you know, not our CFO who is a you know, CPA, <laughs> right. but, but um, or people who haven't had school-based experience but are willing um, to sign up on a sub list and, um, and then we're sending them out to campuses to help cover classes when there's a shortage. And, um, we've also been trying to do like a love on our teachers campaign. Now, my name has been on this list for, you know, a year and a half now, and no one ever calls me to go (laughs) sub. I don't, I don't ever get the call. Other people are, Um, and so I decided November, we had a teacher, I have a superintendent's advisory committee of, Mm -hmm. it's all different staff from campuses, you know, teachers, paraprofessionals, you know, every, every different position is represented. But, um, so we had taken Sonic drinks to all of the campuses one day and gone classroom to classroom, taking them drinks. And one of the teachers at that advisory meeting um, was like, Dr. Warnock, like, that was awesome. It was great. But I really would have rather y'all come and covered the class that I was having to pick up on my conference period. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, and I was like, oh, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, well, no one's calling me. So I'm just going to go and just tell them I'm coming whatever time I can in my calendar, which it's been a half day to a whole day each week um, with the exception of, you know, this week and next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am just going to sub and our middle and high school have the greatest needs. And so it's been very eye opening to me about both little and big things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think, well, people are like, oh, there's no way that kids would be so you know disrespectful to the superintendent i'm like no i assure you <laughs> the same the same behavior that a child will show you they will show me um so right. that's the middle and high school kids they're middle and high school kids they have no idea really what a superintendent what that means you know that's true so, <laughs> um they some of them are like wait aren't you the you know the aren't you the boss of all the principals? And then they asked me to, you know, like, can you change the menu in the cafeteria? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but it's been, you know, big things from, you know, I had classes combined and, you know, that was a total train wreck. We, like what we've got to come up with a better solution for that. Um, little things like I couldn't find supplies in the classroom where I was subbing. And so if I didn't have that, then I bet our subs don't either. So, right, you know, we're right, going right, together right. supply bags for them. And, um, you know, then, then I started talking about these experiences on TikTok and, um, 
And that has been so eye-opening to me. Mm -hmm. And it's been, I've been following all a lot of teachers of TikTok and, um, I kept seeing them complain about things. I'm like, I'm doing that. I'm sending out an inspirational video. I'm telling you to take care of yourself, but I'm not giving you any, you know, relief in what really matters, you know? Um, so I just was like, I, there's a, but there's not a, I wasn't seeing a lot of leadership voice and just asking, Hey, so like I'm here to engage in the conversation Um, and so I've been doing that and it's been great because, you know, some teachers in Montana might really tell me what they think in a way that teacher in my own district might not feel comfortable for whatever reason. And I, I want us to break that barrier down too, Mm because people need to have safe space. There's no way we're going to make the system better unless everyone feels like there's a safe space to, to dialogue. Well, I couldn't agree more with that like very real, brutal, honest conversation. I think sometimes as we move up in leadership, we've just been away from the campus for quite some time. And and you forget, I taught for five years and I've now been out of the classroom for seven or eight at this point. And I, I kind of have already forgotten what some of the really, really tough parts were, you know, the mountains of paperwork to get a kid the things that they need. You yeah. forget that stuff. And so it's, it's incredible yeah. that you've First of all, it's incredible that you're using social media in a very effective and very positive way, doing what it really was intended to, which is to connect people into open conversations. And I mean, we could we could talk all day about the negative aspects of social media, but you're using it for the purpose it was created. And then also, this TikTok account is really very hilarious because you're very just like raw and honest and you're asking for feedback and you've got a great sense of humor and isn't your account actually called like the subbing superintendent or yeah. sub the something yeah. like that? it's it's uh at subbing soup s-u-p-t um so the subbing superintendent and that was someone on tiktok told me like my my handle or whatever it's called was Gigi mm-hmm. Warnock because I had just set up the account to really yeah. troll my children and my <laughs> niece and nephew. And so, and my niece and nephew, they call me Gigi. So, you know, mm-hmm. and then I posted the first video and it, like there was such a response and a couple of people, you know, were posting comments like you need to change your name to the subbing superintendent, you know, make sure you use captions, try this Mm -hmm. technique. And it's like, thank you, you know, hive of TikTok for teaching me on how to make this better. So, well, and they won't hold back, will they? Because like, I don't, I rarely use TikTok. I have an account, but the odd time I post something, you get so much feedback you didn't even ask for. It's like, okay, all right, I hear you. Thank you. Exactly. But I mean, like, and I'm, you know, my dissertation work was all qualitative studies. So like yesterday mm-hmm. I posted a question in the evening about professional development and what would be meaningful because in a previous thread, there'd been so much bashing about PD. Sure. And, um, and so all the comments that were coming through, I'm like, oh, okay. Like my little qualitative researcher shelf. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and like pull out what are the themes here we can uncover. And yeah, so I'm finding it just a kind of a creative outlet and then a way to um, get unvarnished feedback um, and hopefully 
just open up a space for some dialogue about what we have the ability to control as a school leader, but there's a lot that we don't, you know, I think we can control the how, but a lot of the what is set for us. And, um, and we've got to have some conversations about if the what is, is really meaningful and meeting all the needs right now. Mm -hmm. Well, and opening up those lines of communication starts to rebuild trust with communities. And I think that's one of the things that we have seen over the last couple of years is just a real disintegration of trust, be it via political spectrum, general concerns for health. I mean, there's a myriad of things happening in our world that's breaking down trust nationwide. And I think it can only be rebuilt through really honest conversation, soliciting feedback, and then implementing that feedback, showing that voices matter. Absolutely. And um, well, that was one thing with COVID. Um, Olivia, I think she wrote an article about it for one of our publicate one of the publications. Um mm-hmm. But she said, <laughs> we laugh about it now, but we had just started working together. You know, that mm-hmm. was just, we'd worked together a couple months. And so I had gone, because all the COVID, it was all around spring break when that right. first was happening. So I, we were with our family at a cabin in Broken Bow. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Olivia and I, of course, are calling and texting as, as all of this is going on. What are we going to do? What, how do we need to communicate this? Whatever. So I had asked her, I said, what if we do like a video and just we'll put out a video to the public. And she's like, okay, great. So in her mind, she's like, we're going to have a backdrop and your hair fixed and, you know, <laughs> highly polished, a, right? a script and a ring light. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so I took my, <laughs> I phone out and I totally filmed it the wrong way. Like you're supposed to film it, you know, whatever horizontal. And I filmed it vertical. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I send it to her like, what about this? And she <laughs> tells me now she was like, okay, yeah, sure. We can post that. And she tells me now that she was like cringing at the fact that she did not want to tell me like this is terrible like we we do not post this kind of like selfie camera wrong way filmed stuff of you sitting on a porch with ball cap on you know (laughs) Um, but um but it was authentic and it was real and you know and that was also really a lesson for me as in stepping into the superintendency like I don't have to I can just be who I am mm-hmm. and that's going to resonate more in leadership than than me trying to act like you know I'm coming into a studio to talk to you about COVID, even though we're all on spring break, you know? Right. So um, anyway, she wrote an article about like, I was so petrified to post this, but then it ended up being a great thing for our community. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think like if I go through the drive-through at the Whataburger or pull into, uh, you know, Walmart getting something, I mean, people will, be like, okay, keep making the videos. They help us, you know, and we'll come up and give you a hug because they they feel like they know you because you've let a little bit of yourself shine through. And I'm thankful to Olivia that she's she's we're along for the journey in that, you know. 
Well, you really, you have an absolutely fabulous partner with Olivia. I can't speak highly enough about her. Amazing. Well, Dr. Warnock, I feel like we could talk for so much longer, but I don't want to take up your whole evening, but I would like to close out this. If you could offer a few words of encouragement to the people who serve our communities and our schools across the country in a public relations role. And then also, if you wouldn't mind sharing your contact information in case people would like to kind of contact you and thought share and get some more creative, fun ideas. Absolutely. Um, Okay. To our school PR professionals across the nation, you are amazing. We could not do the work that we do without you. You tell the story, you help us craft the message. You are the spark of creativity. You bring joy into times where we really need joy. Um, And you do it all with this relentless passion about just making, making our schools better and making them better for kids. And so, um, so, so appreciative. Um, I see the work up close and personal with the couple of very special friends that I've gotten to work with in these roles. And I know that that same kind of great work is happening everywhere. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I know people are listening and they need that little boost of encouragement, especially now we're kind of in that drive where we still have another about a month until we get another big break. So I appreciate you saying that. And then if you wouldn't mind sharing your contact information too. Absolutely. Um, I'm just blessed with this great name. Um, my grandmother was Georgia, my great grandmother, Annie. So George Ann, it's G-E-O-R-G-E-A-N-N-E dot Warnock, W-A-R-N-O-C-K at terrellisd.org. Um, and then my Twitter is at G Warnock T-I-S-D. And um, you can find me on TikTok at the subbing superintendent. I bet you get so many new follows after this episode. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, you know, come on and share great ideas and we'll just continue to open up the dialogue. This is wonderful. Dr. Warnock, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was a joy and have a have a great Valentine's Day. And we love you, our school PR friends. Thanks for listening to School PR Happy Hour. If you have an idea for an episode in season three, send us an email, schoolprhappyhour at gmail.com. And until next time, let's all try to be a little bit better at our jobs every day.